In the 1960s, 95% of the clothing Americans bought made right here. In America today, 97% made overseas. That's a complete reversal. I, I, I welcome American Giant back as a sponsor this year. American Giant is all about American workers and the products that they make. It's about good-paying jobs that allow people to take pride in their hard work for what they do. They began in 2012 when a clothing factory in North Carolina was going to shut down, and they worked with the factory and decided, let's invest in new machinery and skill development, and they did. And it's 10 years later, and they make some of the best American clothing out there, the best hoodie you'll ever own, ever. Remember those cotton sweatshirts? They don't make them like that anymore because we lost the machines until American Giant brought them back and trained Americans how to make them again. Buy American today. American-giant.com slash Glenn. That's American-giant.com slash Glenn. All men are created equal. They have inalienable rights that were granted by our creator. And governments are instituted among men to protect those rights. Is our government doing the number one job? Protecting the rights of individual Americans. It seems to me that justice is not blind Justice is saying, oh, you burned a city down, but you did it for the right reasons, so no penalty. You, you broke the windows of the Capitol. You did it for the wrong reasons, so real harsh penalty for you. Uh, Hillary, um, the crossfire hurricane thing, or, or these top secret documents that you had your staff cut top secret off in a skiff and sent them over the email to you. Not a problem, but what is Donald Trump doing with that box of top secret documents? That's not protecting your rights, and you think it's being played out at this scale, but if if they'll do this to either Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, doesn't matter which side was doing it, you don't have a chance of them not doing it to you. A violation of our civil rights, no matter what side it's on, is a violation of all of our civil rights, and it's got to end. All right, let's get some perspective on this from Alan Dershowitz and President Trump possibly being arrested this week. We go there in 60 seconds. So I was um, I was up at the uh, ranch over the weekend and 
saw the cows and the cattle and some of it's been a bad bad really bad winter in some areas of the country and uh, some of my neighbors have lost 40 percent of their herd uh, because of the weather that is just crazy crazy amount Um, we are now down to the smallest herd of cattle in america since 1960 and we got a lot more people to feed would you do me a favor would you consider buying your meat from GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers is all 100% meat uh, from America. You'll also get free bacon for a year. 24 ounces of Applewood smoked bacon added to each box every month for a year for free. That's 100% American, high-quality bacon sourced from our local farmers and our local ranches. We're talking about $200 worth over the course of the year. Beef prices are expected to go up another 15% by the end of this year. But as always, you'll lock your price in. You'll never pay a higher price as long as you're subscribed to Good Ranchers. So go to GoodRanchers.com. That's GoodRanchers.com and use the promo code BECK. Mr. Alan Dershowitz, how are you, sir? I am doing great. I wish the country were doing great. Uh, I think that the impending prosecution of Donald Trump uh, will destroy the rule of law in America, which is why I wrote my book, Get Trump, because that's what they're doing. They're focusing on a person rather than a crime. You know, the Torah, the Bible, gives prosecutors and judges two instructions. One, don't take bribes. That's obvious. The other is, lo takir panim, do not recognize faces. Do not do justice based on who the person is. That's a prohibition in the Bible. It's a prohibition in the Constitution. It's a prohibition in the Bill of Rights. It's a prohibition in the rule of law. And yet the district attorney of Manhattan, ignoring previous district attorneys, ignoring uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the Justice Department, is going after Bragg on a made-up crime, a crime that doesn't exist. It's part of Get Trump. And if you want to protest, get Trump, get my book, get Trump. That'll send a message that we don't approve of that. I tell you, I don't think people are going to go out in the streets and protest and mass, which a few years ago it would have happened. Uh, But I don't think they're doing they're going to do it this time because we know this federal government, this Justice Department does not protect the lawful uh, uh, gathering of american citizens to speak their voice we also are concerned about is that an fbi guy who is trying to get the get the crowd you know all whipped up into a frenzy yeah i I mean we don't believe our rights are protected as an average citizen anymore that's a frightening place to be in america and it's not only the justice department it's the new york city da's office the new york city attorney general's office The attorney general of New York ran on the campaign of get Trump. That's where I got the title of my book from her campaign. Get Trump. She promised to get Trump no matter what. Constitution be damned. Bill of Rights be damned. uh, The rule of law be damned. Get Trump. That's the most important thing. We have to stop him from running. Of course, the irony is even if they indict him and convict him, he can still run. The Constitution provides for only you know, a a handful of bases for running after 35, you have to not have fought in the civil war against the North and you have to have been born in America. And he satisfies all of those criteria so he can still run. And this may backfire 
on on Democrats who are abusing the law to get Trump. And I hope it does. And I hope that maybe the district attorney will listen to reason and not indict him, although Trump has said that he's likely to be indicted uh, tomorrow. You know, Justice Jackson once said that uh, any prosecutor can rummage through the hundreds of statutes we have and, and try to find something against anybody, not just Trump, not just Hillary Clinton, but you and me and your Uncle Charlie and your grandson. Uh, they can find something. And if this prosecution is allowed to uh, go forward and culminate in a conviction, it will mean that they will start making crimes up against the average person who they don't like. Can you go, can you take us through this um, at, at all, Alan, where sure. because uh, people will say, OK, I don't think you should be paying hush money. Um, but is that illegal? How are they? What what charges are they going after? Has this well, ever been done before? Take yeah. us through this. Sure. It's never been done before. Number one. So they're charging him with a misdemeanor. Uh, misdemeanor has a two year statute of limitations. This happened six years ago. They're trying to turn the misdemeanor into a felony by saying that the reason he paid, quote, hush money, it wasn't hush money, he settled the case like so many other people do. But the reason he settled the case was to help his campaign rather than to avoid embarrassment with his wife and his family, his children, etc. They're not going to be able to prove that. But as the former chief judge of the New York Court of Appeals once said, a prosecutor can get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich. Mm. And in New York, you can probably get a petty jury to convict a ham sandwich as long as his name is Trump. And so there is a possibility that he'll get indicted and get convicted. I think it will be reversed on appeal uh, because the law doesn't permit targeting of individuals and making up crimes. This is a Mickey Mouse crime. Uh, So they say that he paid the hush money in order to help his campaign, and therefore the payment was a campaign contribution. It's never been done before. They tried it once before on candidate Edwards, and it was a much, much stronger case. And of course, they lost in front of a jury. Um, But uh, it's never been tried since. And uh, that was a federal crime. This is a state crime. And uh, it's a shame that a a district attorney would abuse justice so, so greatly. And it it endangers justice for all of us. So, Alan, where where is anyone? I mean, when we get to a place to where we're taking out our opponents, I mean, I I spoke to Mike Lee about this uh, with uh, Hillary Clinton and what was going on with Hillary Clinton. And he said, Glenn, once you start going after a opponent, you become a banana republic. The republic is just over um, because because retribution will the other side will say, oh, we're playing that game. Okay, And then you're just done. Um, Look, the head of a banana republic, one of the Central American dictators once said, For my friends, everything. For my enemies, the law. The law. And that's what will happen. And and Senator Lee is right. Senator Lee's father was a good friend of mine. We clerked together on the United States Supreme Court. And Lee is a brilliant, brilliant guy. And um, uh, he's right. And we don't want to be a banana republic on either side. And so So, my my question to you is, where are the classical liberals where are the people that don't like donald trump but will stand up and say this is about principle here well you're talking to them uh i'm the last standing democrat civil libertarian in the world 
uh, oh, I may have a, a handful of colleagues, but where are the civil liberties union people? Where are people who are supposed to care more about our liberty than they do about partisan politics? They have disappeared. They're not there. And that's why I'm the one writing the books now. Get Trump. I'm the one who's trying as a liberal Democrat. As I've said over and over again, I voted against Trump twice. I have a constitutional right to vote against him a third time. And don't stop me from doing that. And don't stop you from voting for him. We shouldn't have district attorneys making the decision who can run for um, president. That is Banana Republic. <clears throat> and we're moving toward that. And it has to stop. And there's no mechanism. You know, in California, there was a mechanism. You could withdraw and remove the district attorney. Um, and if New York had a Republican governor, uh, they would be removing the district attorney. But with a Democratic governor and no recall provisions, um, you know, the district attorney gets his way and there'll probably be an indictment. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow or not. I don't know if we'll do a perp walk and handcuffs. Jeez. All of that, of course, would strengthen Donald Trump's uh, base. People will be so angry with him. I've gotten calls from people who've read my book, Get Trump, and they say, look, we, we, we would, we're planning not to vote for Trump. We were planning to vote for DeSantis. We we're planning to vote for uh, Nikki Haley. But we're going to vote for Trump because that's the way of showing opposition to this improper misuse and weaponization of the law. Um, you know, I have a better form of protest by my book. Then you don't have to vote for Trump. But uh, <laughs> it, 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 is, uh, it will backfire. Now, will it backfire in New York? Probably not. Probably Bragg increases his chances of getting elected. He gets his 15 minutes of fame. Even if it's reversed on appeal, he'll say, oh, that's not my fault. That's the appellate judges. I indicted him. I convicted him. Uh, vote for me. Uh, you know, we're the only country. Do you know this? That we're the only country in the Western Hemisphere, the only country in, uh, oh, in, uh, among Democratic countries that, that elects prosecutors elects prosecutors in every other country, they are civil service jobs, and they're not subject to the whims of uh, political uh, fortunes. Uh, but we have elected prosecutors, and prosecutors prosecute people based on how much good it will do them in the next election. And there's something very wrong with that. Well, the whole system, I mean, I, I just keep saying, you know, uh, have you tried unplugging it and plugging it back in? And reset it to factory settings. I mean, yeah. that's I'd what has to that. that's what has to happen. It is so yeah. dirty all the way through. Um, so, so, Alan, what what should the besides buying your your book? What, <laughs> what should the American people be doing right now? Well, we should be protesting. I don't call for people going out on the streets, but I do call for people writing to their senators, their congressmen, to the New York authorities, um, having shows like yours, which have a big impact on uh, national opinion, and um, make sure that we're not silent about this. We have to speak out. And your message is as clear as can be. Where are the civil libertarians? Where are the people who ought to be saying, look, I'm in favor of Biden. I'm going to vote for him. I don't like Trump, but I don't like the way he's being treated. That's just not fair. Uh, that's the American way. The American way is to protest, to 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 petition your government for a redress of grievances. That's in the First Amendment. And we ought to all take advantage of that. We do have a double standard of of justice in America today. I'm representing one of the young men uh, on January 6th. He's a law school student. He was denied the opportunity to graduate, even though he was a top student, 
because he went to the Capitol to legitimately protest patriotically and peacefully. And then he was waved into the Capitol by police. We have videotapes showing it. And yet he's being prosecuted for a felony, whereas the people who destroyed property and hurt people in various parts of the country following the George Floyd murder uh, weren't being prosecuted and were being uh, honored in some ways. And so you can't have a double standard of justice. That means no standard of justice. Um, Alan, do you have just five more minutes for me? Yeah. Okay. hang on. Let me take one minute. We're coming back with uh, Alan Dershowitz in 60 seconds. If you wake up every day feeling like you got hit by a truck, you have aches and pains uh, that control your life. uh, May I suggest I've spent years fighting pain myself and my hands. I could barely use my hands. I couldn't paint. And I don't know if you've seen (laughs) seen me lately in uh, the uh, number of paintings that I have been painting, but uh, I can use my hands again. And I don't feel like they've been clubbed or, you know, a a piano dropped on them all the time. And that came from Relief Factor. Try their three-week quick start, 1995, trial pack, not a drug, developed by doctors. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and 70% of them go on to order more. ReliefFactor.com or call 800, the number 4, Relief. 800, the number 4, Relief. Get the 1995 three-week quick start, ReliefFactor.com or call 800, the number 4, Relief. Relief Factor, feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. So we're with Alan Dershowitz. Alan, let me let me change the subject here to sure. another uh, uh, family's troubles. And this one is the Biden family. With what yeah. you're seeing uh, Comer come out with um, and just looking at it at the surface, what are your thoughts on this? Well, there has to be an investigation, a thorough investigation, objective investigation. Look, I don't want to see anybody targeted. Um, but the way the criminal justice system works is... First, you find the crime. Were crimes committed? Then you look for who did the crime. You don't look to find crimes on particular people. So um, there should be a thorough and complete investigation. And whoever is guilty should be prosecuted. But it should be done not on a partisan political basis. It should be done on the basis of just fair justice. So why would his team say, because they've said forever that it wasn't his laptop, wasn't his laptop. Why would they now go in and try to say to sue the guy uh, from the computer repair store and say, you, you violated my privacy. It's a very hard uh, line to draw to say it wasn't my laptop, but I have standing to protest it's being obtained. Also, when you bring a counterclaim, as he did, you open yourself up to massive discovery. And so he'll be deposed. There'll be interrogatories. He'll be asked questions about his father it was not, I think, the wisest decision for him to uh, bring this lawsuit. And I don't know who advised him to do it. I would not have advised him to do it. Um, and when you have something like the family getting paid by a, an energy company, does anybody, I mean, do, do, I mean, how does that work? You could say, well, yeah, they were, they were on payroll. But what was Hallie Biden bringing to this communist energy company well there are cases prosecutions where people have been prosecuted for fake jobs uh, for jobs for which they were not qualified and the uh, investigation is to determine whether they would disguise bribes uh, that's a fair point to investigate but the proof has to be beyond a reasonable doubt 
Mm. that it was. I mean, you can make the argument that, yeah, they were hired not because they had this brilliant talent, but because they were well-connected. Well, that's done all the time. You have to show something beyond that. You have to show essentially a quid pro quo. And that might not be easy to do, but having an investigation, getting to the bottom of it, that's also the American way. So can I ask you another question on another topic? Sure. And this is on the financial sure. situation. Our FDIC just decided with the Treasury that they were going to cover everything, all deposits. But then they came out and said, well, but we're just going to decide which banks get that treatment. Um, that's causing all kinds of confusion. That's not the way we do business in America. We have laws and rules. And is there... Is there any violation of anything here? It has to be a single standard. And there you can bring lawsuits and lawsuits against the FDIC, lawsuits against the government. It has to be a single standard. You can't say we pick and choose among depositors and banks. Um, and I think in the end, they will cover everybody. Uh, it's in the best interests of America to make sure that no individual depositor uh, loses money. Uh, the investors, sure. People who are speculating on the stock, uh, we're not protecting them. But we have to protect the uh, typical American who puts his uh, her um, uh, retirement in a bank, in an IRA or something like that. Does that mean that? That, that, that has to be your Does that yeah. also include businesses? Yeah, I think it includes businesses. You might, you can have a limit. And there are limits, of course, on right. FDIC insurance. So the big, big, giant companies probably are only covered uh, to a small amount. I'm not an expert in yeah, this. Yeah. I, know. Um, I make sure to keep my money uh, spread around to make yeah. sure that if there's any failure, it, it doesn't impact me greatly. Right. I think Americans should always take precautions with their investments. Um, Alan, thank you so much. And, oh, it's uh, always my pleasure. Keep doing great things. Thank you. Uh, the name of the book is Get Trump. Uh, he is the host of The Dirt Show, which is a podcast. Um, Alan Dershowitz, I don't always agree with him, um, but I, I, I will tell you, I always expect to hear the Constitution from him and a protection of civil liberties and rights, even though we can disagree with each other greatly. Uh, he is very, very rare, and we need more people like that on both sides, on both sides. You know, paying off a hooker, not, I mean, a, a porn star, not, not a good idea. Not a good idea. The Glenn Beck Program. Go to jail, a uh, felony? No, it's a misdemeanor. Um, let me tell you about to Preborn. If the left spent half as much energy fighting for good causes in this country as they do fighting to maintain the murderous institution of abortion, they'd be heroes of the republic. I just think they're on the wrong side. The overturning of Roe versus Wade, we're looking at nearly one in five pregnancies ending in abortion. Over half of those abortions will come in the form of the abortion pill. The abortion pill is, I've got a story on that. It, well, it's in show prep today. You can read it today. It's going to be a few days before I can get to it. But you should, um, you should read it at glenbeck.com. This is just a bloodbath in America with this abortion pill. Listen, for $28, you can provide a mom who comes in and says, I, I think I want to get an abortion. For $28, you can give them a free ultrasound, okay? And that changes, like, 
60 or 80 percent of the people that come in and say they want an abortion changes their mind help them hear the heartbeat and see their baby dial pound 250 say the keyword baby pound 250 or preborn.com slash beck sponsored by preborn If you're a longtime listener of this program, you know that I am always concerned about the financial uh, crisis. It stems uh, back to 2008, which um, I thought at the time, back in 2006 and 7, I was telling you this a big one could cause a depression. What I didn't foresee is that the federal government would, what was it George Bush said, violate the free market system to save the free market system. Instead, um, we did not save the free market system. What we did was make the problem bigger. At the time in 2008, our banks were too big. They're too big to fail. We got to break these big banks up. Well, nobody did that in 2008. In fact, the opposite happened. They got bigger. And now what's happening? They're bailing things out and making the bigger banks even bigger. Uh, Credit Suisse just rolled into another bank. This is what's going to happen. They're just going to start. It's we're going to end up with four banks and then we'll end up with the Fed. Okay, Um, And by violating the free market, everything went off the rails. Last week, banks borrowed a combined one hundred and sixty four point eight billion dollars from two Federal Reserve backstop facilities. Um, And so, you know. Uh, data published by the Fed showed $152.85 billion in borrowing from the discount window. Uh, then um, they did a record high from $4.85 billion the previous week. So they went from $5 billion to $152 billion in a week. The prior all-time high was in 2008. And that's when the banks got together and they borrowed $111 billion. That was at the height of the financial crisis. Remember, we're not in a financial crisis. We had a little bump in the road. Everything is fine. They borrowed $152 billion. So, what, $41 billion more than they did in 2008. To be fair, with inflation, that $111 billion is $94 trillion today. <laughs> the data also showed... $11.9 billion in borrowing from the new emergency backstop known as the Bank Term Funding Program, which was launched last week. Other credit extensions totaled $142.8 billion. So you got all that. You got all that uh, happening in the background of everybody telling you that it is fine. I want you to know, if you're a longtime listener, you know that I freak out about these things. I said last week, I don't think this is it, but it's going to look a lot like this uh, when it does come. Uh, And I want to spend just a couple of minutes here talking to you about uh, what is coming eventually. I, I could be wrong. This could be it. I don't think it is. But I am growing more cautious by seeing what's happening behind the scenes. Lots of planes, lots of planes flew in to see Warren Buffett uh, over the weekend. 
after Warren Buffett had a phone call with Joe Biden about the banking system, all these people, we don't know who they are, and we think they went and met with Warren Buffett. We don't know. But what I do know is in 2008, we were trying to stop a depression. Remember, they said the entire banking system was about to collapse and it would have put us in a depression. There is $23 trillion in the U.S. banking system today, and everything is interconnected. The contagion, meaning one bank falls, then it's dominoes. It goes across the water, and it will collapse everything unless you're disconnected. Hello, Russia. Unless you're disconnected from that banking system. The banks were saved in 2008, but just that crisis, with them being saved, we had unemployment at uh, nearly 11%. We are now looking at a bigger problem if it fails. We're looking first at our big local and regional banks. The government will have to bail them out. By the way, do not take your money out of those uh, banks. You will be FDIC insured. If you're a business, check with a bank. But don't take your money out because that will collapse the system. They provide 60% of all of our commercial loans. If the small banks collapse... 60% of all of our loans and our businesses collapse. Be very, very bad. We are not looking at a depression situation. We are looking at a complete collapse of the West if this happens. You'll have social unrest, but I think you're already, I mean, the government is souping this up already. It will happen not only here, but all over the Western world that will cause a further breakdown of supply chains. If you lose 60% of your business funding for your businesses in your country, uh, what does that mean? You means you're going to have lots of people uh, without jobs. They're not making things, which then what happens? If you have the supply chain, you first need to worry about medicine and food because that will be of a real concern. But if businesses lose their capital, they lose their ability to produce products and services. They lose their ability to employ. People lose their jobs. That would make for worse inflation, maybe hyperinflation, because the federal government will bail everybody out. And all of that money will be circulating And fewer goods, if the global economy would collapse, fewer goods will be coming in. So the price of those goods could go to hyperinflation. The issue is that the middle class, the working class, the poor class, they're the ones who are going to bear the brunt of most of this. Last time around from 2007 to 2011, 5.7 million people had their houses foreclosed or short sale. We are looking at a possible and it I I really truly believe this will happen before 2025 so you you need to mentally prepare. This is a completely different world if this happens. And if it happens, it will happen quickly. 
we are headed towards a currency reset. If it's a uh, if it is a cryptocurrency, if it is a central bank digital uh, coin, CBDC, we're going to get bargaining. And here's what's going to happen. The government will step in and say, this is too big for anybody else to handle. We'll handle it with the Fed. We're resetting the currency. It's going to be a, a digital dollar. It'll be in the Fed. Every American has an account now with the Fed. Um, we will give you more than what your dollar is worth right now for the first, I don't know, eight weeks. Your dollar will be worth $1.25. So get your digital currency now. And in six weeks, it's going to be worth a buck. And six weeks after that, it'll be worth 75 cents. Eventually, it will be worth nothing. And it will force everybody into a digital currency, which will ultimately uh, control absolutely everything you do uh, and a lower standard of life. But a lot of people will be happy because there's some normalcy. It also would mean most likely uh, a war. All of these things are, are, are beyond possible right now. The financial and the reset to a digital currency is not just possible, it is probable. The war, I don't know, what would you say, Stu? Probable or just still possible? Probable? Yeah, I think so too. Uh, yeah. Probable. So you you have to get yourself in a different mindset, please. I told my wife, uh, and I'll tell you, I want to tell you what I would tell my own family. We got to go shopping tonight. You know, we have our emergency food, but if this happens, you'll have a breakdown uh, worse than COVID. You won't be getting the money. The money will start to inflate quickly. Prices will spiral out of control. And when you have, especially in some areas, when you have a breakdown of trucking or, or supply chains, you're going to have a hard time getting things. So uh, I would just recommend do not hoard, but grab some extra things uh, and have them ready. This may not be the time, but I like to sleep at night. Take care of your family. Do the right things. Do not panic. Panic makes this whole thing happen. So do not panic. Back in just a second. How do people continue to have faith in socialism after it has failed over and over and over again and caused so much pain and suffering? I mean, we can chart all of this stuff to the violation of the free market principles. Everything that's happening. As it turns out, if you create a coordinated propaganda machine that infiltrates the mainstream media, entertainment, and your educational system, kids grow up thinking socialism and Marxism is neat and compassionate. Many families have turned to the Tuttle Twins to help fight back and teach their kids about personal responsibility, about free markets, entrepreneurship, limited government. The left hates these books. You might even see them bashing them. They're gaining momentum right now. They've sold over four million books so far because people like you uh, who are awake to the truth and you want to pass that truth on to your children. They will not get it through osmosis. 
Right now, the Tuttle Twins has a new cartoon. And to celebrate the success, they would like to send you a free DVD with some of the episodes of that cartoon. You can order a set of their kids' books at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. This week only, that's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You get the set and you'll get a free DVD with episodes of their cartoon when you order the books. It's this week only, TuttleTwinsBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. There's a story in the Daily Mail today, and I, I want to I just want you to track back where all these problems are stemming from. We say that, you know, oh, we want to we want to fix this problem. The government comes in and fixes something and it becomes worse Then they fix it again. And it becomes worse because the government shouldn't be fixing these things. It's not their place. They should be worried about the things that are in the Constitution. Listen to this story. A woman who asked not to be named the Daily Mail uh, says she rushed her mother to Mount Sinai Hospital on Madison Avenue, which is a really nice place uh, in New York, on March 8th because she suspected the 67-year-old was having a stroke. This was ruled out by a CAT scan carried out within 10 minutes. But then a nightmarish day for the cancer sufferer and her daughter began as they were left waiting in the ER in limbo, desperate to find out what was going on. Every corner was filled with people, she said, describing trash littering the floor, urine pots used by male patients kicked over, and homeless people seeking treatment but totally ignored by staff. It comes amid patient backlogs and staffing shortages after the pandemic that stretched New York hospitals to the breaking point and sparked strikes by nurses. Now, what's causing this? First of all, um, the homeless problem is through the roof. Why? Well, the mayor will say it's because we have an open border. The mayor of New York will say they're overwhelmed because of the border. Yeah. Imagine that, Mr. Mayor. Imagine what it's like here in Texas on the border. What else caused this? Thousands of nurses quit the profession when COVID-19 forced them into uh, working grueling hours while being exposed to the deadly disease. Also, people were fired because they wouldn't take the COVID vaccine. In addition to the lack of staff, many elderly and vulnerable people avoided doctors and surgeries during the pandemic, created a, pa- a patient backlog. Many of them are deadly and they have gone undiagnosed and untreated. More than 7000 nurses went on strike in January over work and pay conditions. They reached a settlement. However, the system remains under massive strain. A video taken by the woman on March 8 from Mount Sinai's chaotic ER ward showed an elderly woman complaining after being wheeled out of the room she was being treated in and into a hallway. I want to be in a room, not a hallway. I was in a room just now, she yells at the hospital staff. You want me to get critical? Because I'll get critical real quick. How about that? Off camera, the woman then started hurling bottles of water in anger. Photos from the ward show the nurses chatting and using their iPhones despite the unfolding chaos around them. 
One orderly was even seen watching a soccer match on a computer, apparently oblivious to the parents uh, to the patient's suffering um, in the ward. Pans of urine and vomit were left lying for anyone in the overcrowded ward to knock over at any moment. A uh, woman said nobody ever offered her mother um, any help. Uh, if she needed help using the bathroom, no one was to be found. Later that night, when she got to go up on her own, she stepped in a puddle of urine. When uh, she asked a staff member if it was always like this, she was told that it had been this way for the last two years. This is Mount Sinai on Madison Avenue in New York. If you don't know New York, Madison Avenue is where a lot of very, very, very wealthy people live. This is Mount Sinai. This is the condition of the hospital in New York. Imagine what the bad hospitals are like. What is this all caused by? This is all caused by all of the things the government has done. Almost all of these. It was, let's shut down the whole system. Let's make sure that everybody is vaccinated and fire those nurses and doctors that aren't. Let's keep the borders open. Look at what they're doing. This is not a country I recognize as the United States of America. That's Cuba. That's Venezuela. And that's where we're headed unless America wakes up. The Glenn Beck Program.